A number of years ago, I got to visit El Salvador for the first time. And I was a, with a small group of people who were there to see the work that the Episcopal Church has been doing in that country. And incidentally, the Episcopal Church is a growing presence in El Salvador, where the diocese has many churches across the country. And what we saw was a country that even now is still recovering from their brutal years of civil war in the 80s. And while we were there, there was a person that we were told that we were going to get to meet and spend some time with. And we were told that we were very lucky to get to be with this person. His name is Chencho. Actually, it's Jose Inocencio Alas, but everybody calls him by his nickname, Chencho. And so when we met this person, he turned out to be a very short 70-year-old man, lively, full of energy, with white hair, thick hair that came right down, these bright, open eyes. And Chencho was working on various projects, projects to help people in the southern part of El Salvador called Bajo Lempa. There were shrimp farms being set up. There were stoves that he showed us in people's homes. If you improve the stove that people have, it improves their whole life in about a dozen ways. Um, and impressively, he was helping some of the warring gang factions speak to each other. He himself, this little man, was the mediator, bringing these hardened gang leaders together to have conversations and try to begin to work on peace uh, among the various warring gangs. And then some of the gang members, he realized, if they were going to leave their life, the life that they had been living for most of their time, uh, they needed something else to do. And so Chencho had been instrumental in building up an art school for former gang members to put their energy into other places. Well, as we got to know him, this person who exuded light when we saw him, got to know a little more about his history. Turns out that Chencho is a native Salvadoran, um, though he, at the time, was living in Texas with his family. But when he was a young man, he was a Roman Catholic priest and had known Oscar Romero, had worked with him. And Chencho was the pastor of a large church in the countryside, and when he spoke on behalf of the peasants in the 70s, the powers that be decided to make an example of him. And so he was kidnapped, and he was tortured and drugged, and he was left naked on top of a trash heap, left for dead. They did that to scare the other priests, to convince them not to take the side of the poor and to preach the kind of message that Chencho had been preaching. But to his assailant's surprise, Chencho did not die. He was still alive, and he was taken to a place where he could be nursed back to health gradually. And then of all people, it was actually Oscar Romero who told him that he needed to leave the country for his safety. So he went into exile for the remainder of the war, living in the United States. Oscar Romero, of course, not very long after that, was shot and killed while celebrating the Mass at the altar. So this man that we met, 
Chencho, he was alive and well and continuing the work of God. But this man who was so full of life had truly passed through a wilderness that few of us could even imagine. He had been tested. And it turns out that the wilderness takes many forms. In Mark's telling of the time that Jesus went into the wilderness, which we get today, it's the most sparse version of this story that we get in the, in the Gospels. And it, it's interesting, though, to look in, like always with Mark's Gospel, at every word. The details are there. It's just, we can't read it quickly. We have to dwell on what he says. And notice that first thing is that we get the story of Jesus being baptized and the Holy Spirit appears when he is baptized and the Holy Spirit appears as a dove. And it speaks and declares who Jesus is. But that very same dove, that very same Holy Spirit drives him into the wilderness. It's like he doesn't even get to catch his breath after his baptism and he's suddenly there being tested by the devil. The Holy Spirit often is a comforter, a sustainer in our lives, but I believe it is true that sometimes the wind of the Holy Spirit moves us into places that we might rather not go. Places of our own testing. Also notice that while Jesus is in the wilderness, he is there specifically for 40 days, which is no accident. In Jewish thought, 40, a duration of 40 days or years is usually associated with transformation. The 40 days that it rained when the floods came to wash away the evil of the earth, on the other side of those 40 days was a transformation and a new promise to the people, a new covenant. When Moses received the tablets, then he goes up to Mount Sinai and prays for 40 days. And of course, the Israelites go into their wilderness journey for 40 years and come out of that transformed as well. And then during those 40 days when Jesus is in the wilderness, we get this kind of surprising detail about the wild beasts who are there with him. And we just can wonder about that. Mark doesn't tell us what the wild beasts are doing or whether they're friend or foe to Jesus. And here we are in our little journey like that. Imagine the testing that we're going through during these 40 days of Lent, or you could say during this continuing time of pandemic. We're in the wilderness, of course. We're being tested as well. And we can take heart knowing that we aren't the first, and we aren't the last, and that it matters how we live through this time. It gives us the opportunity to grow, to be transformed, to live with intentionality, consciousness, choice. Well, the final detail, also mysterious, is that the angels came and waited on him. Jesus was there in the wilderness, but he really wasn't there alone. It brings me back to Chincho. He he told us over dinner one night about his experience firsthand. And one of the things that he became most animated about, as he described, was when he was recovering, 
when he was in his sick bed and gradually getting nursed back to health, most people were afraid to visit him. Most people didn't want to be associated with him because it would have brought danger upon those people as well, but a few did. And he will never forget those people. He named some of them, and we knew some of them who had become Episcopal priests in the process a long time since then. And interestingly, it felt almost as if the medicine that he received wasn't as important as the blessing that he received from those people being there to minister to him in his time of need. So Chencho's life is an extreme example. But what he went through touches any life that faced testing in wilderness times ever. Chencho knew what mattered most, not the power of guns or the favor of privilege or the ease of comfort. What mattered most was the freedom to choose the love of God above all of these things. Chencho lived, but he might not have lived. Even so, I believe his choice was a choice of choosing life. So for most of us, our lives are easy in comparison, but the choice, I believe, is not really that different. We get to choose life every day. Amen.